Hey, babies, this is James Mattern. You're listening to the regular season sportscast, baby. I've said baby a lot, but it's good for you. You can't handle the truth. This is Juba, and you're listening to TRSS. Use the force, Luke. Hey everybody, this is Pete Rosado, the voice of BCW Wrestling, and you're listening to TRSS, the regular season sportscast. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Welcome to Raw is the regular season sportscast. That smell that you have engulfed inside your nostrils and invading your body at this time is, you know, it's not B.O. and it's not Mexican you had for lunch. It's actually football season, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. The smell of clean cut grass and clean cut artificial turf. I don't I don't think I don't think we can do that. No, that doesn't correlate. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Especially when it comes to my fantasy football leagues. How the fuck do I I'm in three leagues and two out of the three leagues I fucking lose badly. Atrociously at that. Shout out to my brother D who I played in one of the one of my football leagues and uh I won by the skin of my teeth, if, if that's what, how you say it, I guess. Who the fuck knows? But yeah, I barely won that fucking game. Shout out to Met Fat Man who runs that league as well, because as as I see now, the scoring system is just. I'm not gonna say it's bad. I'm just gonna say that uh, you're not gonna get a lot of points there. Not many, not many games are gonna go over a hundred on that side. So, other than that, in my other two leagues, it was just disastrous. I know, I love. If you use Yahoo Sports, they give you a barometer of which you uh, your percentage of what it will look like, uh, how, what it takes for you to win. And at one point in time, I was down to like 3%. And I was like, oh, great. And this was before the Monday night game. I was like, oh, great. I had a kicker going. I was like, oh, fantastic. But, you know, if you are like I am and you're you're suffering from the first week woes, don't worry. There's always week two. And we here at trss got you covered for that here at the regular season sportscast we will share with you our weeks previews and reviews of said football and as well as the misery that goes along with it because believe me my fucking week was miserable when it came to fantasy football shit if you had tom brady like i did he did nothing if you had uh, Le'Veon bell like i did he did nothing oh do you enjoy injuries sure alan robinson gone Danny Woodhead, gone. David Johnson, gone for two to three months. Oh, there goes your fucking uh, 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 lineups for the next coming fucking weeks. So thank God I didn't pick up Danny Woodhead. And for you guys who started Hunt for, for Kansas City, you guys were lucky. I don't give a fuck. None of y'all tell me I was fucking lucky. Me? I had Jacksonville's defense and it sat on my bench for 41 points. That was a win right there, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, fuck me. I don't even know why I do it to myself because every year I tell myself I'm not playing anymore. I'm not playing anymore because all it does is bring me agita and fucking high blood pressure and I don't have my medication. 
not as yet. And this this is just gonna fucking take me over the edge. But I still have to be involved because I, I still love it. Still, I still love it. Yeah. And it's also one of those things, like I said in early episodes, when you get involved in this, you you watch football more intensely. I had like three game, like three games going at one time. Shout out to Amazon Fire Stick. Yeah, so I was watching like three games at one fucking time. Fuck Red Zone. Yeah, I'm making sure that uh, you guys are aware that this type of, uh, of 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 activity keeps you involved in the game. Fuck you, NFL Red Zone. So you you you. You participate, but you dredge every fucking day because, like I said, it's all the luck of the draw. Everybody talks about their fantasy football fucking analysis and their their the pros and cons, and they're the specialists of it all. Fuck you, that shit is luck. Because the week before, everybody's like, "Hey, go with terrific Tom. He will get you uh, the twenty eight points that you need." And he did shit. Oh, Le'Veon Bell could be a threat coming out of that back. He did shit. Yeah, so. All that shit is bullshit. Hey, guess who's coming up this week? Pick up a kicker from the Raiders, which I did anyway. But uh, yeah, I'd probably listen to that one. I listen to I, I listen to that tidbit. But uh, before I continue, I just gotta let you guys know. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Regular Season Sportscast. I'm your host Jay the Red Santi. Here to bring to you another week of sports entertainment. Well, sports entertainment. No, no, sports entertainment is really wrestling. That's WWE, but. Well, maybe if I put a comment between it, sports, entertainment, and the ridiculousness that is the world of athleticism. Make sure you check us out on all social media outlets. Check us out on the Facebook like and group page at Regular Season Sportscast. No more association with uh, Termical Tabloid. We split that up. Yeah, we we last week we split that up. So it's just TRSS. If you just want sports, it's there. But please join both pages, Termical Tabloid and uh, the regular season sports cast page is, is both dope. Don't worry about it. You know, we got you. Make sure you check us out there. Check us out on Instagram at regular season sports. Split that up as well. Turbuckle Tabloid has his own IG as well. Make sure you check us out there. Check us out on Instagram at, uh, I said that. Yeah. At, uh, regular season sports and check us out on Twitter at RWJ Santi and, uh, YouTube at the regular season sports cast. So yeah, this week, this week was, uh, one of those. It was it was kind of slow when it came to production because uh we rolled out TRSS because of NFL we gonna make sure that all the all, all all these um all these NFL heads who listen to the show get our predictions get our insights get our thoughts so now we're gonna be consistent and do it on a weekly basis and that's what I was waiting for because plus now MLB is gonna be in high high uh, demand baseball is on is on some shit. This shit is crazy. It just got fucking bananas right now. So it, we, we'll be talking about that. I'm going to get Matt in here to talk about that soon. Also, you know, we got M- uh, um, the uh, uh, NBA about to kick off real soon. Got some, got some, uh, got some exciting moves that I think will happen in the NBA this year. A lot of people are, are, are predicting that uh, the playoff breakdown is going to be similar to last year but i don't think so i think might be some movers and shakers happening this year and uh also on the spectrum like i said this is a time of year where everything correlates you know the nhl starts happening uh right now the champions leaving soccer just kicked off and, and this is just a lot a lot of things going on in 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 the world of sports so you know trs has got to kick it up plus we are in episode 97 b can you believe that yo 97 fucking episodes we're about to get 100 down in the blocks y'all i can't even believe that shit 
I thought I'd have tapped out after three. I was like, fuck this, I'm out. Unlike some people I know. Shade. So, uh, no, no, but I suck around. I'm here. I'm doing it, living it, doing my research, putting my put my grind, my, my nose to the, to the grind and keeping it going. March, marching you guys down to 100 episodes with me. I got much, much to talk about leading up to 100 and and this is this is one of those things where the one thing I can tell you guys is I've never I've never I've never presented myself on this mic and held anything back. The one thing that I can say is that when I'm with a co-host, not with a co-host and whatever the situation may be, when I'm with a guest or interviewing somebody is I've always been me and I've always been open to share it because this to me is very therapeutic. I don't really have much friends. You know, I have a small circle of friends and uh uh, when it comes to family, you know, we love them and all, but we're not as close as we used to be. Distance happens and, um, you know, you do your own thing and it, that's just real. It just happens. And and although I may come off as a social person, I could be antisocial as well. Like if I don't fuck with you, I don't fuck with you. So, you know, this this being my outlet, these microphones on. Uh, this, these shows that I'm a part of. Shout out to everybody out in RageWorks.net. RageWorks.net is where everything you could get culminating in the world of pop culture. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You could get everything in the world of pop culture here at RageWorks.net. Make sure you listen to all the shows that's under our umbrellas. You get the regular season sportscast. You get Turnbuckle Tabloid. You get Call Me When It's Over. You also get Black is the New Black, The Variant Issue. Everything all under one umbrella. Why go anywhere else? Get everything at RageWorks.net. Signed, sealed, delivered. It's yours. No bookmarking of any other website when you can take everything and bookmark it. On the RageWorks.net. Yeah, that was pretty good. Shit. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. So this has just been basically my outlet. And, and I got to thank Rich for that as well. Because I have this show. I have Turnbuckle Tabloid, which I co-host with Matt. And then I produce. I help to produce uh, uh, Call Me When It's Over with your girl's favorite artist, Josie's Boy. And sometimes he'll tell me to put the mic on and I could uh, spew my uh, my rhetoric there. Because I'm, I'm pigeonholed to do certain topics. You know, I do subject matters per se sports uh wrestling and that's it i don't really get to open up and share much only when i do the opening salvo which is this and that's where i open up and show myself because i hate when i see like sports shows or or just any show where you can't you're just a robot you you, you point and click and that's all you are i like to make connections with listeners i like people to know what's going on with me i like people to know that when you're listening to the show you're listening to an individual who's ready to you know open up their heart and you know wear their heart on their sleeve or all the cliche fucking terms you could use my my life is an open book with the page being written like all that bullshit but it's true that's that's what i like to do i like to give you guys that that aspect of me because if you get the same robotic person all the time, you get bored and you, you also want to listen to somebody that could be relatable. Now, some some of you may not feel or go through the same shit I do because, um, you know, everybody has different lifestyles, different ways of going about shit. But in either case, it's still one of those things that I, I do this show because I, I want it to be like a male forum. Damn, I hate when I hit the fucking mic. Shit. I want it to be because I still get rest Spanish and I still talk about my hands and shit. Um. I want people to think that they're in a room listening to a conversation, although I'm by myself and I probably can be a patient at my job if I continue to do this where I'm talking to myself openly. But whatever medication, that's fine. That's okay. I can take it. 
Hal Dolan out of N two and two. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, pretty much that's just the lingo that we shoot out there at uh, my, my workplace. When 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 I do this, I do this like I said, this is therapeutic for me because basically, if I don't, it just stays in the mind and it just it just rumbles around there and it just just it it, it, it can clog up whatever progress that I need to do on a daily activity. So this, this is always my outlet, be it by myself, being with my co-host, whatever, this is an outlet. And, and I hope that you guys can have the same outlet as well when it comes to your daily activities, be it knitting a sweater or, um, I don't know, that, uh, shooting dice. I mean, if that works for you, whatever, playing video games, uh, painting, writing poetry. People still do that. People still write poetry. I, I don't know. Whatever is it your release? more powerful as long as you're not like shooting up a fucking restaurant or whatever that that's not that no no let's do something more healthier than that so this week's open a salvo i'm trying to i'm gonna wax poetic here i'm gonna try to uh use hyperboles and uh metaphors and whatever i'm gonna i'm try to use my uh my second level bachelor's degree to show that i i have some form of intelligence here but i'm I'm, i want to correlate uh what what's going on during the week with me with what just happened in pop culture <clears throat> excuse me so this week everybody lost their fucking mind they just revealed the new iphone the iphone 8 is gonna is, is gonna be released and wow all the features on it i'm as soon as i got into work last night everybody was losing their shit about it and you know, wow, there's face recognition and the screen it's a full screen where there's no there's no home button, everything is screen touch and all this, and you know, everybody's losing their shit. So the only person that wasn't losing their shit was me because I love my Android. Oh man, the camera's gonna be mad dope, yo, the picture's gonna be lit. Yo, you don't even know the dick pics I'm gonna be sending, but I love my Android. Yo, they got this shit where the video game's gonna be looking like if you playing like the Xbox and some fucking PS4 shit. Yo, this is gonna be crazy. But I love my Android. Yo, you know what's crazy? It got like this new titanium design. This shit is gonna be yo, it's gonna be almost like unbreakable. So, yo, the screen is gonna have like like dust resistant, waterproof. Is yo, this shit's gonna be crazy. But I love my Android. I keep saying this repetitiously is because I need it as some form of a mantra because everybody likes to ride a new wave. Everybody likes to ride uh, uh, a new venture, a new style, a new thing for a moment. And then when it's gone, it's like, oh, that was it. That's 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 all it is. And to me, I've never been. An Apple guy, I've always given much praise to Steve Jobs when he was alive because the man was a visionary. He was a genius. He was such a uh, a man who envisioned a forefront for not only his company but for 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 our lives and society itself. But once he lost, I once we once once we lost him, I think the creativity died with him. So I think when it comes to Apple, uh, it's very it's very limited and. Uh, Hey, if you're an Apple user, more power to you. That's uh, that's the way. That's uh, more power about what it is. But with me, I've been an Android guy because I appreciate different possibilities, being able to do uh, different things with the openness of the phone, of the product, uh, the being able to do multiple things at one time if necessary, if needed. 
And, you know, in, in some cases with Apple, it, you're, you're limit, you're limited with that. And I love my Android. I'm also an individual who gets comfortable really quickly with something that works for me, be it my phone, be it my professional, my personal life, whatever fits my availability and my reach. I'm comfortable with it because I'm also can adjust just like my phone, my Android. I can make adjustments, you know, if, if, if I could, uh, put it to where I can get a live streaming movie site or app, I can do it easily without having to jailbreak it. Or if I'm looking to play a certain game that I can own that the set is only for certain phones, I can get it because I have that availability to do that. I love my Android for it. I can do that. And I mentioned my personal life because like I tell you guys earlier, like my life is open, but you guys have been with me and heard me through almost 100 episodes talk about, you know, the death of my grandmother, uh, my separation with my daughter's mother. And finally us, uh, just basically co-parenting. If that's what people are calling it these days, I still think that's a real ridiculous notion. You, you hear super producer Sally on, on the show. Um, I've went on tirades multiple times about my thoughts about relationships and women, especially with women. Oh, I've been, I've been god awful when it comes to that. I've had even Facebook live shit like that and no regrets. Maybe I shouldn't have done it, but, uh, done anyway. Uh, you, you've also heard me with, with guests where I spoke about sexual nature, sexual content. I've, I've, I've been in a, I've, I've opened the floor and the floodgates to you guys and I appreciate the moments of doing that. And I will, I won't stop doing that. I'm the, that's just going to be me. That's just is what I'm going to do for the show. And, uh, I, I've, 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 like I said, I've always felt it therapeutic to do that. So these days it's been, um, it's one of those rides to where I've gotten comfortable with a fact of a possible possibilities uh, of maybe extending myself and my family to, to, to others and ho and hopes that projectively that maybe that you know there there can be a possibility of of some long-standing long-standing relationship stuff but there's always hiccups and it's always you know the thought process of can it work will it work um who you know who who's putting in who's not putting in if if this is something that should happen or is this is a disaster in the making like these doubts always go through the head always go through the mind and I always feel that at the end of the day, I would always find a way to fuck something up. I will. I would always fuck something up because it's either my stubbornness, uh, my my reasoning of not being patient, my way of not giving something time to develop, wanting something at that moment, and not being able to come to the realization that pressure brings diamonds. But on the on the on the hindsight of that is also that. You also got to take in part that you have needs, you have, you have feelings that you need to be fulfilled as well, that you want fulfilled as well. And many times you're not getting it. And I say this because not a lot of males say this. A lot of times male, a lot of males come up with this whole, you know, uh, machismo type of feeling. It's like, oh, I'm a dude. I'm gonna do what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? If shorty ain't trying to holler at me, fuck that. I'll go holler at some next chick. This is what I do. And that's just not the way I am. Don't get me wrong. If you're not wanting my time, if you're not want to spend time with me, then you know what? Oh, well, I'm not going to just sit around and just wait for you forever. You know, I, if you don't want to spend time, then 
That's just basically telling me that I'm not worth it. You know, I, I, I can understand that you have things that you need to do. That's understandable because as, as of myself, I, I have things I have to do as well, but I also factor, factor this individual's livelihood and their time and their, and their, and their space to correlate with minds. And that's what I think a partnership is all about. You got to understand when you're going into something, it's either you're dating or you're seeing someone or you're in a relationship. Dating for me is basically saying like, I see you, you see me, we hook up and then whatever, whatever I get to see, you know, I'm, I'm seeing other people. You're seeing other people and you know, whatever transpires down the road, it's whatever seeing someone to me, it's like things are starting to get a little bit more serious. Uh, I think that, uh, Maybe we start, you know, putting priorities together about maybe something is developing. I, I'm I'm looking at looking at you in a deeper sense and things are starting to get a little bit serious. And then relationship is basically, yo, boom, yo, I focus on you, what, what you got going on. You focus on me, what we got going on. And this is what it is. So these days it's 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 one of those things where not many people understand that that's what we have to do in development of putting together uh, a, a a model of what love is going to be i get to a point to where you know it's not always about you know i need my space i need my time because hell i do the same thing myself i need my space and i need my time but you want to be with somebody then you'll find a way to be with that somebody there's no excuse there's no outside linings you've already quite you know put down whatever you need to do. And then at the end of the day, you go, damn, I miss this person. I need to go check them or I need to call them or I need to, you know, say, you know, what I'm feeling right now. And a lot of people tend to take advantage of that and, and lose sight that there's some people out there that actually give a fuck. I actually care about shit like that. The people actually want attention, attentiveness, affection, recognition, and just because we're a different gender doesn't mean that the machismo is always going to be there. You know, at the end of the day, I can't chase someone who doesn't want to be caught. I can't pursue anyone who doesn't feel they want to be pursued. If you use the word smother with me, it's like uh, you're basically telling me I'm, I'm on top of you. And that's like, nah, I don't do that. Definitely don't do that. You know, I'm I'm the last person to do that. I've I'll give you spate hell. I've gotten hell from other individuals who say, yo, I'm not, I wasn't attentive enough. I didn't focus on them enough. So smothering is nowhere in my vocabulary when it comes to being with somebody. My whole thing is I like to reassure, be a, be a part of somebody's life and let them know that I do care. And I do want my, want my time. I'm going to tell you straight up, honestly, if you don't want my time, let me know so that I can move on and do what I got to do because I'm not going to sit there and chase after somebody who doesn't want to be chased, who doesn't want to be smothered, who doesn't want my attention, my affection, who doesn't want my love. It's tough because you never know what a woman wants or what a person wants, not even a woman, just a person wants because they, they give off that vibe of, uh, I don't like to be on like, somebody on top of me, somebody who, 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 who's always constantly checking in or whatever. Be. And then as soon as you don't do it anymore, it's like, oh, where the fuck you was at when I needed you? It's like, what the fuck? Like, that's what there's no fair balance when it comes to that. 
it's not even fair when 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 you're dealing with individuals because you want to be there, you want to do this, but you don't want to fuck up. I don't want to be that individual who's sitting there saying, I don't want to walk away right now knowing that this is a good thing. But if I'm not getting what I want, maybe I should go. Even when it's still early. I'm so used to affection, attention, knowing. Even in my previous relationship, uh, early on, there was affection, there was attention, there was there was there was love, but... After a few short years, it was gone. And to be honest, the only thing that kept me around was because I had a child and it was something new. And even in new situations right now, I'm trying to assimilate and get with. But if I'm trying to assimilate and get with you, but you're trying, you're damned, it's not assimilate and get with me. Then what's the point? Don't have a long distance relationship with somebody that's in the same fucking vicinity with you. Don't have... A, a text kind of love when you're just a few stops away. You're 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 you're, you're, you're a couple of gallons away. Not even a gallon. You're a couple of pints away of a drive ride. You know, you're just a kiss, a recognition, a touch on the face. Hey, baby, I'll be home, or I'm gonna come see you soon. Away. But if you got a lot going on in your life and you can't do that, then why bring somebody into your world? I say this with a heavy heart because I came from a fucked up relationship a few, a couple of years back. And to be honest, I don't think I truly got over it because as much as I hid it underneath my tough exterior, being a fucking warrior that I am, by the end of the day, I, I still didn't get over it because I got fucked over. And at this point right now, I, I'm feeling as though that I, 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 I'm investing in something that someone may and may or may not feel the same way i don't know but this is what relationship is and that's why i said as men we need to start opening up a little bit more because not a lot of guys can admit to that shit but some people love differently some people love their own way and i guess it's about um i guess it's about how you work it and manage it if you're able to deal with an individual that's you know have set in their ways about how they express their love and share and all that stuff. Then if you're able to deal with that and you call a hey, more power to you, congratulations to you. But, um, it definitely could be a frustrating thing when you really love and you care for somebody. And I don't think the reciprocation or even the, 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 the same emotion is reflected back. But at the end of the day, if you're an Apple lover, love your Apple, but me love my Android. When we come back, got, uh, this week's rant. I'll be talking about some, uh, Glory days of football. And I'm not talking about, you know, the Sammy Ball or the 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 the, the Bradshaws or the Johnny Unitas days. No, I'm talking about the days when we were kids and we would go out and football season started. We were getting ready. We couldn't we couldn't wait to throw the football around. Got that going down. Um might sneak in a, a, a old interview since we leading up to a hundred. I wanna bring in some old interviews that I did for got for people for people who haven't uh, heard the show. Uh my sneak in might bring oh, as a matter of fact, just thought about it. I want to bring in that Sean Merriman interview. That's what I'm going to do. And um, we're going to talk about uh, talking sports and shit. Oh, and I also got the NFL preview and review. So Super producer Sally comes in. We do our picks. Matt Fan Matt made his picks. You guys are listening to see how uh, how we did for week one and uh, our projections for week two. So, guys, don't go on the way. I'm going to pay some bills. Stick around. Why, look at what we have here, folks. T-R-S-S bits and pieces. 
on the next episode of TRSS Gangland, we discuss the formation and building of this gang who terrorized New York City in the mid to late 80s and the early 90s. Although they were small, they were a band of brothers who were able to cause terror to any section of the NYC. Formed by their leader, Marco Fabu Nelson, the Pink Pussy Posse was formed due to a late night skirmish in which occurred at a local diner. That's right, I was in there, right? And I was like, listen, I don't give a fuck what time it is. I don't give a fuck if it's three in the morning. Bitch like me wants to get a hard-boiled egg with her mimosa. And they're gonna tell a bitch like me that I can't have a fucking mimosa at 3 a.m. I'm like, hello, I don't give a fuck if it's only for brunch. Do you know who the fuck I am? I am Fabu. After Fabu had his skirmish at the local diner, he took his rampage to the local nightclub. How the fuck are you going to tell Fabu that I am not allowed in, in a bar knowing, knowing that I am the motherfucker who is recognized at the toolbox? That's right. Fabu is Fabu. All right, bitches, so don't get it twisted, okay? Seeing that Nelson was having a problem, Michael Stroke Fuller and Vincent Sugar Mendez approached Fabu and wondered what was the discourage about. So yes, I went up to Fabu and I was like, listen, this is ridiculous. How did I gonna let you in? They know you already. I mean, I didn't know him personally, but I was like, hi, my name is Stroke. It's a long, it's, it's, it's a long story about they call me Stroke. And this is my friend Sugar. Mm, he's sweet as a motherfucker. And he's Spanish. They usually call him Azuka anyway. So we were like, fuck it. If they can't let you in, we'll just bogart our way in. After the three individuals wasn't able to enter the toolbox, they pulled out their finger snapping. I was like, oh, hell no. How the fuck you not get, you know what? That's all right, because this is what we're going to do. We're going to tell all our friends that you are not going to the toolbox anymore. We're going to shut this bitch down. And I'm not bringing any guns or stabbing anybody. All I'm going to do is I'm going to tell them that these motherfuckers don't know how to make a Manhattan. No. Or Cosmopolitan. No. That's right. And if you think that you can get a blue Hawaiian at the toolbox, you're not going to. No. We're going to tell everybody to go to the next place. And that's right. Because the long standing. Oh, I love that bar. The long standing is the place to be. That night, the correlation of the three began to develop, and that's when they came up with the name, the Pink Pussy Posse. Oh yeah, let me tell you, okay? The Pink Pussy Posse was something that we all came up with. We sat there, we said, you know, since we got all things, you know, you know, in common, you know, we like the same kind of flavor, you know, we like the same kind of thing, you know, especially with me being, you know, the, the best looking one, because sugar's always the best looking one. I went and I said, you know what, we gotta give ourselves a name, like a gang or something. So I was like, you know what, since we a posse, that should be part of the name. And then, um, it was, it was, I believe it was, I believe it was Stroke who said, since, you know, and since we don't like that thing, but we, the, the thing that women have, ooh, it's for, we was like, you know what, then we should just be pussy, like to be funny. Like, so we had to put pussy in the name. And then, the other, then we looked and we said, oh, my God, look what Fabu was wearing. He had this like this salmon looking um, 
belly shirt. It was netted, but it was real cute. And it's like, oh, coño, this, that should be the name. Instead of salmon, so we, we were with the pink pussy posse, the three peas. Once the three peas were formed, they, they were pretty much the only ones part of the game. But they tore up shop all up and down the five boroughs, especially in the village. I told everyone, listen, you want me to shut your place down? I went to boutiques. I told them, don't act stupid because if you, if you don't want me to go out and I'll go on a, I'll go in the village voice and I rag the fuck out of this booty. I said, you got shitty clothes. This shit got bed bugs and I will shut it down. You don't want this to happen. Fabu was recognized as one of the most dangerous individuals in the New York City scene without having to pick up a gun. Who the fuck needs a gun? All I do is I got a mouth and that shit is a weapon. I said, I shut, I'm like, I, I, that's just like a nuclear weapon. I burn shit down. Catch recaps of this and upper episodes of TRSS Gangland. Y'all better come back because we got some shit to say, okay? That's right. Three P's is still in the building. We might be old as fuck, but we could still shut it down, all right? Three P's. Later, bitch. This advertisement was brought to you by the regular season sportscast. TRSS. This week's rants. Football in the air? Yeah. People losing money on bets? Of course. Your favorite team started sucking right out the gate? Sure. Fucking Giants. When I think of football season, I think about actually playing football. Me, in my younger days, playing football. Going out and actually Touching a football and running around. No, I'm not talking about Madden season. I did that too. No, no, I can't deny that. 92's Madden was when it came out and I had it for Genesis. Damn right I was on that shit. But let me tell you something. My boys and I could not wait for around, you know, the end of August because that's when uh, college football season would start. And we were getting that feeling of getting out there, uh, getting in the the middle of the street having to dodge traffic and and get teams together and start playing man it was man i miss it i miss those days when you could go out there and just with no cares in the world just dive on concrete yeah do crazy shit like that we we would play we had we made our own little arenas our own little stadiums and shit we had we played in front of my building, which was like a long strip on the block. We played on the side block, which was next to a supermarket, which was a wider street. Uh, we played in the back of our building, which had like two grassy, more than, well, more dirt than grassy blocks. And then the middle was a cement block. And you had to like dodge fucking chairs or stubs where the chairs was. And then there was trees in the middle and, I got to give a shout out to my boys who were quarterbacking at that time because you had to fucking throw around obstacles. You had defenders and then you had fucking obstacles for real. Like it was crazy. Then we had skinnier fields where you play like three on threes and still more obstacles. And then we would go to the big park and play tackle in the grass. And then sometimes we would jump on a train and go a, a couple of stops and find a uh, a turf field and just run around on the turf field and play out there. I mean, we would jump the train and go out there and play football. It was, we would do, to this day, I look at this like kind of dumb shit, but it was fun shit that we did. Like, it's crazy. We would make our own fucking seasons. Like, it, it, we, 
we had the worst footballs. We had the best footballs. We had uh, the worst weathers. We had the worst conditions. We had the best fucking games. We, it, it, it was it was one of those things back in Brooklyn, back in the projects. And mind you, this is project play. If I go to the projects these days, I don't I don't think I would see anybody getting down and playing fucking football like that. I really don't see that. And it sucks because I don't know if it's technology or I don't think it, oh, I think it's the fact that people just don't give a fuck or they're afraid, they're scared. I don't know what it is, but I think that we lost ourselves with the fact that having moments like that, being able to spend time with friends and be recreational and you know, you get into fights, you get into arguments and, and, and at the end of the day you you're fucking kicking back and 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 talking about how you just popped this dude or you bopped him into the end zone or you made this big fucking throw to the end zone or you did like a, a big run for a first down. And the best camaraderie was when we played other neighborhoods or, or different parts of our neighborhood. Like we would uh in my projects there was two ends. We would call it L B and Big Barinkin. It was Little Barinkin and Big Barinkin. It was called Little Barinkin because we only had like four buildings. And Big Barinkin had 11 buildings. So you would think that they had more players and stuff. But we were the ones that were scrappy and had heart. We would go out there and play these games. And they would even come to draft us to play in other leagues with them. It was like, it, 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 it brought out the best of, of, of my block and my, and my neighborhood when football season came around. Then we would sit around, have arguments. Who's the better quarterback? Uh, Joe Montana. Uh, why did the, the, the San Francisco let Joe go and let Steve Young star, uh, Emmett Smith versus Barry Sanders? I mean, we would have hours and hours on end conversations about this. Uh, who's the worst New York team, the Jets or the Giants? Uh, it, it, it was phenomenal. Uh, it, I, I remember being at that time, I was a Seahawks fan and loving Warren Moon and, and Kurt Warner was the, 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 the running back, not the fucking, um, not the, the QB that we know to this day. And Steve Largent was the only white dude that I knew as a wide receiver. The Browns were actually good at the day. Uh, Buffalo Bills were in Super Bowls and they lost consecutively. The Redskins actually were good, powerful teams. And, and it was, it was amazing having these conversations. I remember my boy Troy would love to fucking talk about Randall Cunningham all, all day. Uh, I hated the Cowboys, but I loved Emmitt Smith. I, it, it was a weird, weird thing. It was like, it was envious that he wasn't a fucking giant. And, um, it was, it was, it was like a coming of age of, of us appreciating and loving a sport. I, I remember becoming a huge Michigan fan out of the blue. I loved Michigan. Just recently, I, I, I reached out to, um, one of the individuals who, who was a, a, a very inspirational to my life. Uh, so he was a big, he's a big brother to me to this day, even though I don't see him much. He lives out of state. I'm the godfather of his son, uh, my boy Doby. And, and, you know, when I didn't have a father figure and didn't really need one, he was a big brother when I didn't have one. I was raised an only child and he actually opened up my eyes to a lot of different things in different sports. Uh, and football was one of them, you know, and, and, you know, hockey, I learned from through him, soccer, I learned through him, but football was a big, big thing. And, you know, especially college rankings and stuff, we would sit there. And once I figured out that he was a Michigan fan and I was a Michigan fan and we would fucking sit there, die hard guys. And even to this day, he's telling me that 
he's gonna go to Michigan. He's trying to get Michigan and Purdue tickets, and I'm like, yo, send me at least a fucking blade of grass, something, man. I need, I need something from there. I um, it's one of those things that I can appreciate and look back at the time, and 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 although I'm I'm still friends with a lot of these dudes on on Facebook and social media and stuff like that, it's it's one of those times that when I can look back and with the busted fingers and um. The, the weak ankles that I have now, which, uh, you know, sometimes I'll fucking, you know, they'll get sprained just for me putting it on a fucking boot or, uh, you know, my slight carpal tunnel that I have now from uh, jam fingers from catching a football. It's never things that you regret. And then when you try it out for like, when I, you know, you go out there and you try for semi pro teams and you played and you notice that equipment is different than playing two hand rough or flag football. It's just so. Even even when we went and played in the league and we fucking sucked and we got into the playoffs and we we were the most grittiest team to play in the playoffs. Oh man, it, it just it, it it fires me up to 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 know that I I was able to still have that time. And you were making you know I'm making it seem like oh I was like oh I was a fucking high school champion fucking uh, three scored three touchdowns in one game uh, Al Bundy. Nah, it's just even though it's not that, it's still one of those things that like you still remember that why you love something and why you love the game and why you can't wait for the season to start and why you are a fan and why you root for these teams and these players. So shout out to my boys from LB shout out to the Dobies, the Johnny P's, the, the, the Weetos, the Ralphie V's big pot, uh, Mook new, uh, nanny, <coughs> Raymond. Oh man. Uh, macho. These are guys that I played, it was consistent. Ernie, Ernie had like a had a college football that looked like a square, but we, we fucking we loved that ball. That's true. And when that ball died, it was like a, like we lost a friend. It was it was it was crazy. Uh, my boy Dante and everybody else who came by, even the older dudes on my block who always wanted to challenge us when it snowed. It was like yo, big dudes versus little dudes, and we always bust their ass, but they always love to play against us, man. Shout out to those dudes as well. Yeah, man, it's it's uh. I'm gonna adjust my panties right now because I've been very emotional this episode. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put my my I'm gonna douche my vagina right now. But uh, no, <laughs> guys, just remember, man, we don't we're not able to do what we used to do back in the days. But even though we're not, we're still able to fucking we're still able to fucking appreciate and love our past and 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 know why we love the sports that we do. When I come back, like I said, gonna have a a. a, a a refreshing episode with uh, Sean Merriman. When Sean Merriman stopped in, uh, San Diego Charger, big man on campus. He stopped by. He talked to us for a little bit. We're going to do that. And then uh, we're going to have talking sports and shit. Got some quick rundowns there. And then, uh, yeah, man, we're going to pay some bills. We're going to check you guys in a minute. Stick around, guys. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Sean Lights on Merriman. You're listening to TRSS. Oye, este es Regresiden de la Regresiden Sportscast. Ya tú sabes. Yo soy Keith. Vamos. Nah. TRSS, the interview. <laughs> Checker, swinging sword lecture, closing down the sector, supreme neck protector. Better want him, kid, Mr. Messer. Falling pop, pop the blood with lead from the pressure. Too hot for TV, for cheesy. Too many. So, what's going on, man? How's everything? Everything's good, man. We um, got a bunch of good good stuff moving, and I'm, I'm just excited. Yeah, listen, I, 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 you're, I, from what I've like been reading up on you right now, you had like such a tremendous career going on. 
now you're dabbing into NASCAR. Does everything correlate with helmets? Like, <laughs> I mean, how does that work? <laughs> Uh, you know what it is, man. I, I'm just having um, I, I'm having fun just building something what I kind of had a mindset for a long time ago. You know, since I was a kid and and even got the nickname Lights Out in the first place. Yeah, I heard about that. That's uh, three knockouts in a game, huh? <laughs> four, four, four. 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 Oh, Look at excuse that. us. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and kind of building out a dream, man, and, and uh, you know, dabbling in things I really have a passion a passion for, and I love doing. Uh, that's really the main thing. All right. So NASCAR was the thing. I, I I can't really picture a young kid from Maryland. Like I didn't, I, I I can't see NASCAR as a big thing out there. Yeah. Because you know what? We was we didn't have the opportunity. You know, we didn't have the opportunity to have the exposure. I mean, NASCAR is a great sport. And, um, you know, 11 or 12 year old Sean Merriman to come from a place where I came from to be experienced and, and uh, have the opportunity to be exposed to NASCAR would, would have, probably impact the way I looked at a race car driving as a kid. So, um, you know, hopefully I can just kind of be used as a as a, a place to bridge the gap. Um, right. To get, you know, more kids maybe from where I came from in Prince George County, Maryland, to get exposed to it. That, that, I mean, that's an amazing thing, Sean. Uh, this is Keith here. I want to I want to just break away from it for one second. How do you feel more as – as a minority in, in, in a more prominent white sport as NASCAR, how do you, how do you bring more minorities into it, especially a youth and, 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 and to bring more empowerment to a sport such as NASCAR? Well, you know, for one, NASCAR is already, is already a great sport. It's right. The, the, um, the eyes and the demographic of where, right. Uh, even young black kids even have a capability of going to a NASCAR race. I mean, we, we, you know, I come from un- underprivileged, a predominantly black background and neighborhood. Right. And we just didn't have the access to even go to an event. That just wasn't even possible. Right. I grew up watching NASCAR. I knew who, you know, uh, Jimmy Johnson was. I knew who Dale Earnhardt was. I knew who uh, Jeff Gordon was. I knew I knew the big names, but I didn't know too much about the sport other than watching on TV. In 2008, when I had the capabilities of, of going to being a grand marshal of the Sprint Cup in Fontana, it opened my eyes about up about the sport. I mean, that's, and, and that's, I couldn't explain the excitement of what goes on there until I went to an actual event. Yeah, I could totally understand that. See, me, I grew up also in a minority background. I grew up with a lot of Hispanics, a lot of African Americans, and our thing was, you know, NASCAR was so far away from our demographic that we, you know, the only time we got around NASCAR was when we was trying to watch top ten plays, Sean Merriman sacking a quarterback on ESPN. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah, that that was like. The only outlet we had, you know, nobody, nobody, I'll keep it honest. Nobody in like our rural communities would come up to us and say, Hey, did you see that race? And the only race we knew was, uh, people racing for pink slips. That's the only thing we knew about in our neighborhood. You know, it's, um, it's, uh, it's honestly really honorable for an NFL guy and, 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 and a very good NFL guy, well known on top of that after his career to get into something like this. Do you miss the game, Sean? You know what? I, I, you, you missed the game because you missed the locker room. You missed the competition. Um, after the first year, you don't miss the game as much on the physical standpoint. Uh, the, the first year is the toughest because you got that transition right. time. Um, and you're trying to figure out what, okay, what do I want to do next? What do I love just as much as I love playing football? What else do I love? And once you find, find that out and once you figure that out and what you love to do, then it's easier getting detached from the game. Right. You know what? Uh, that first year, man, let me tell you this. Tough. Yeah. When that regimen is on and you're not waking up at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning and you're going to work out, you got meetings, you got practice, 
when that record's been gone for the first time since you've been, in my case, 10 years old when I was playing, when that record's been gone, you're like, man, oh, well, you know, what do I do now? And then once, what, it, was it lights out for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I went lights out, man, and that's what happened. It was, you know, and, and, and for me, I just, everything I started to do because I had this drive, right? So, you know, the same kind of... Good play on words. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you use it somewhere else. It's like, man, I, I found this other thing that, that got me, you know, ramped up to go play the Patriots or ramped up to go play the Colts. I started using that in like how, and that's kind of really what it became. It became something else that I was passionate about. You know what, Sean? That's amazing. But you know what? We didn't do you enough justice, Sean. And I know you're passionate about NASCAR. But you know what? We were passionate about you, the lights out Sean Merriman. I just have to let everybody know, this is a three-time Pro Bowler, a man who was drafted 12th overall in the 2005 NFL Draft, 2005 NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, 257 combined total tackles, 45 and a half career total sacks. He led the league in 2006 in sacks, eight force fumbles, and you missed the league after the first year, Sean? I mean, you were a good player, man. Yeah, I was, I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I guess you're being coy. It's fine. I, I did my biggest. I guess what the biggest thing was, um, the big take of that, is, um, I, you know, I accomplished something in the field, and it's something I, I really love doing. And it is very hard to replace uh you know, the, the feeling you have of running out to a, a stadium filled with 75,000 people and they're screaming at the top of their lungs. Right. And you got millions of people watching. And sometimes on Sunday night, Monday night football, you're the only show in town. So now millions and millions of people are watching you. I could only uh, imagine. It's man. hard to replace that feeling. And when you find that next thing that gives you that same type of feeling, you've won. And I feel like I've won by building this, by building this company and building out these teams in MMA and and uh, racing and, and different, you know, different sports. Speaking of which, you, you, you uh, it, ex- I'm happy that you brought up the MMA because it's two things. Number one, I'm a big wrestling fan. I saw when you, 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 uh, you went out there for the WWE perform performance center. How was that? It was incredible, man. Um, and it was around the same time they were launching the WWE network. So I was starting out in uh, broadcasting for them. I mean, for WrestleMania alone, uh, when I did it in New Orleans, it was, it was. You know, imagine growing up as a wrestling fan your whole entire life. Now you're broadcasting and hosting the WrestleMania or in the Mikey Campbell's in your face and you're hosting. Guys, I couldn't even tell you the experience it was <laughs> for me to be a part of that. And then I already told him that, you know, I was going to play in a wrestle and, and I went down there to Orlando where they're, um, they're a great facility, state off training facility in Orlando for WWE. And um, it was it was amazing to even try it, to go out and try out. And uh, it, it, it was great all the way around, man. I mean, I, I grew up a fan. Most most nerve wracking uh, opening day rookie training camp or trying out for the WWE Performance Center. You know who you know who was was trying me out. Let me tell you, two people was in the facility while I was working out for the WWE. You had Dusty Rhodes, wow, and Billy Billy Gunn. No uh, Those are bright lights in itself. Play, yeah, playing football, I can go out and tackle and hit anybody. I can do that. That's what I do. But going in and you got Billy Gunn and Dusty Rose and they're training you, that's a whole different ballgame. Well, you know, I could I could imagine the nerves for that, Sean. Now, it's funny that we're in the time that we're in now, late March coming towards April. There's a lot of kids right now who are feeling those nerves in college headed to the transition to the NFL. They're going to be walking on that stage with Roger Goodell. 
How was that process for you when you were in the, the whole process of going from the combine and going to your pro day and then being selected on draft day? You know what? It was a, uh, it was an experience that, um, you wait your whole life for, mm. right? I mean, when you're a kid, you dream of playing in the NFL and then you play through high school and you have to still go to college. And now you go to whatever college you went to. Now you get to the ultimate stage, but then you get to that big stage. There's these, uh, the process, what I call the process. And that's the combine. That's the picking of your agents. That's the waiting around and going to visit teams. That's the process that you, you go through. Mm. And then that final stage, of getting to your dream is hearing your name called on draft day. And that's when it all hits you. And that's that feeling you can't even explain. I mean, that, that, that alone in itself is, is just a blessing. And another blessing is you were playing in an era where we had the Peyton's we still have, but we had the Tom Brady's you played alongside drew Brees. That was your guy. Then you had Phillip. What was, what was it like? For, for a defensive end edge guy like you to, 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 to prepare himself the week leading up to go against one of these quarterbacks? It was, uh, you know, they tell you that football is, is uh, a game of knowledge, but it's really a game of chess. Mm-hmm. It's really, you, you're, playing, you're playing these guys who are uh, not only great players, but they're legendary. These are Hall of Fame guys who I was seeing Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees, who I played with. I played with Philip Rivers. You know, just the mindset you have to go on week by week because you're not playing against the city. You're playing against the of people who are uh, who are all famous, who you have to prepare for, and you had to uh, you know spend your entire weekend knowing uh, certain calls and audibles and, and body language and formations and things like that. So you, it was a total preparation. That that's the part of the game that I, I would say I missed the most. And I mean, I could only imagine on top of being a defender, being the leader of a defense playing the position you played. The one thing that, that, that I want to ask you, being that you were in the middle of that, is now in the NFL, when you got guys like me who sit on their couch for, for, for 10 hours on a Sunday, I look at a, a younger Sean Merriman, and, and he's going out there putting everything he's got to go get that quarterback, and he makes the right play, and every five minutes, Sean, I see a flag. You can't even breathe on these guys. Could you play in this era, Sean? Because like, it, it, it kills me, Sean. You, you know what? Um, the game has changed. I, you know, a lot of people want to say, yeah, the game is soft or things like that, but the game has changed. Uh, you know, they're, they're throwing the ball 70 something percent of the time now. Right. Uh, they come out in these wide set formations. They want to throw, t- throw touchdowns. They want to, you know, appease the fans. And that's what it's really about. You know, fans love points. Um, you have to be able to change with times because if not, you're just not going to enjoy the game. If you, Look at the game, you're saying, oh, you know, they're calling this, they're calling that, you know, oh, they're celebrating this, and they take away, you know, you, you, you're you going to have more time complaining about how much they change the game uh, as opposed to really just enjoying it. Uh, so I, I don't like some of the rules. I don't like, you know, some of the anti-celebration uh, things that they're kind of putting in place, um, you know, but at the same time, it, it's still football, and it's still right. hard-hitting. You know, you see guys getting their – you know, they're getting lit up. We can't mm-hmm. leak out. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's still football. You still got a lot of games. You know, just just to just piggyback off that, I know you didn't like – I know you don't like seeing how, how the times have changed, especially for a defensive guy. I totally get it. The NFL is going to change no matter what. We get it. But we're talking about to the point where these guys are getting hurt constantly. The, the schedules might get longer. The, the ruggedness, injuries happen all the time. 
how can these players continue with the demand that the NFL is bringing on them? Oh, uh, well, they, well, they're they're making they're making steps. It's not like they're not doing anything. They are making steps to make the game safer. The problem is, is that you don't want to take away too much of the game. What why people love in the first place? Uh, football is a barbaric, violent, gladiator sport, and that's why people line up every Sunday, and the line is wrapped around the stadium to get in the park to get in the uh, stadium because people just love the game. They love these guys who are six five and six six. You know, 350 pound linemen and freaks of nature who are also athletic. Um, we love that part of the game. We're just trying to keep, they're trying to keep players safe as possible in the meantime. Speaking of barbaric, MMA? This is, I mean, I, I, I see a guy like you, you have the look, you have the, the, the build, the, you know, are you really uh, like, I saw that you, you had like attempts to go in and out. Is there something in the future that possibly that you may look back into going back into it? Yeah. Look, uh, I got, I'm still in shape and great physical shape. And I go and I, I get in there and roll around with these guys. And I go and train uh, all the time. It's something I actually love to do. I have a passion to do it. Um, is it possible I get in the case? Absolutely. It's not, you know, it, it, it can very possibly happen. Um, but that's a, that's a Scott Coker son question over there at Bellator. So is that something that, that can happen? Oh, at Bellator. Yeah. Ooh, that interesting. Very interesting. There's some competition in there, man. Just Sean, you, you, you. I'm telling you, you must, you must be ready to get in there. Hey, he's lights out, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, well, look, I've been, I've been competing my whole life with competition. Not, not losing it. Yeah, let me tell you because I, you know, myself, you know, I would get in the cage, but you know, you know, I've been in Vietnam and I got a bum leg from you know when I <laughs> when I was out there doing my thing, but you know. I like guys like you going there and do the war, or do do the battling in that ring, and do that cage. You do that. Yeah, yeah. When you go in that cage and it closes, it's just, it's a different beast. There's no timeout. <laughs> <There's> no, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't look you for know, your teammate for that one. Were you a fighter when you was growing up? Were you, you know, down in Maryland? Were you out there scrapping? Uh yeah, man. I mean, you know, that's the way the neighborhood was. We had to. Uh, you know, you had to defend yourself, and we've come from the neighborhood, and you don't back down, and you got to fight for, um, for everything. Really, that's that's really what it was. And you know, times have changed, and fortunately, times have changed because you know things don't have to be like they were. Uh, when I was coming up, and where I grew up at PC County, we had to throw down, and that's just kind of how it was. Yeah, because we we out we we out here in Brooklyn, New York, man. So we already we we know we know what the grind is out here. We, we know, know what it is. We know how to out. get. Yeah, but uh, I know we don't want to take too much of your time because we know it, it, it's 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 you. You're a busy man. We see you out there doing what it is what you do. But you know, I see you out there. You you joined up with Jesse uh uh Iwuji. That's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah. Yeah, driver. Uh, wow, he got he's got a resume on him, man. He's a he's a stock car racer, also in the United States Navy. How you guys linked up? Yeah, we met uh, at a fashion event that I was having downtown Los Angeles for Lights Out for my company, and like, we got introduced, and you know, I just found out all the great things he had going on, and like all the things you just named, and just he's just all around just great dude. I mean, I you can't even say anything better than that. He's just an all around great guy, and him uh, supporting and uh, representing the brand has just been great, and we're looking to see some great things out of him and NASCAR. No, let me tell you, I, I when 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 you think. NASCAR, not a lot of people will correlate, you know, football, but you know, you see a lot of guys who are, who are going in, in, into that realm because it's still competitive. There's still bang, bang action. You still got things going on there. And, uh, it, things could be, you know, at any moment, it could be lights out. You saw what I did there, right? You saw, you saw what I did there. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that quick jab. 
Out Listen, you know, if you want, if you want, you could, you could send some swag over here. We'll, we'll rep it on the show, the, the regular season sportscast. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll rock it. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cop the hat. We get we get the shirts going. We can flow. Listen, we'll start doing the, the celebration work, with you. We're we going to get that done. Yeah, we don't want to take too much of your time, man. But once again, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, Sean, it was great for you to stop in and talk to us, man. If anything else you want to plug, uh, your social media, just let it out there. We'll do all the rest and we'll plug the, the NASCAR scene and everything for you afterwards. But, you know, everything else, you could you let it rip. That's it. Uh, follow me at tw- on Twitter at Sean Merriman. Follow the company at Lifestyle Brand on Twitter and on Instagram as well. So I appreciate you guys, man, having me on. Seriously. Oh, man. That was All right, dope, man. man. Stay blessed and healthy, Sean. All right, cool. You got it. Thank you. I'm telling you, when I hear like previous episodes or, or interviews that I do, it balances on one or two things. Either it's cringeworthy or it's like, damn, that shit sounded fire right there. And I got to say, for. Uh, to getting a big name like Sean Merriman, and and we've we've gotten a lot of big names, but you know, being the the the, the NFL and such, getting Sean Merriman at that time for us was it was lights out. So what I did there, yeah, you saw, oh, so fucking cheesy. Any case, but I, when I hear that interview, I, I I took that as one of these enlightening experiences, and it helped me later on, especially when I do interviews on Tropical Tabloid and on t- on this show too to uh, exercise my 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 skill to to embrace and, and bring in a, a guest not as a uh a paint by numbers type interview like i want i want them to be comfortable where 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 they're at even if it's on the phone or in studio i want them to be comfortable where they're at and when i listen when i just listened to that sean merriman interview i was proud of what we did here in the studio but um i'll, I'll give you guys a lot of behind the scenes scene stuff about that Later on, in uh, when we approach 100, because I got some tea to spill, motherfuckers. Let me tell you. Any case, when we come back, I'm gonna have a uh, talking sports and shit. And um, yeah, 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 that's what we got. Yeah, that's what we're doing here. Stick around. Don't go nowhere. Mm, yeah, we're good. Mm. The regular season sports cast. She loves daddy. He thinks she's funny. It's game time with Jay and Sally. Segment. We're doing our preview and our review of week one and preview week two. Of course, I got super producer Sally. We're going to be making her picks this week. Aww. Sally is coming off a uh, a steady flow of school. Kick it <laughs> off. Now we have our, our our fifth grader in the building. It's it's, it's official. It is yeah, official. We are now. I'm gonna be going to middle school. Is aren't you so aren't you excited? No. Oh, you should be. Yeah, but mm-hmm. is everybody pointing at you going? Oh, look at Celeste. She's a fifth grader now. No. <laughs> no. no one points fingers. Nobody does that. No. 
No, they just RKO other kids in the in the. In the no, game. do not start that. Okay, <laughs> there could be, there could be one of them. No, but okay. we, might, we might have a listener out there. Alright, so before we do our picks, I just want to go through our review of week one in the NFL. Just quickly go through it. Uh, I know everybody was shocked about uh, the Thursday night game with the Chiefs versus the Patriots. Patriots came out flat. Looks like uh, they have a lot to be going for with that front line. The front line does not look like it's been uh, prepared for the opening game. And with the triumphant star of rookie sensation Hunt coming out and Alex Smith looking amazing, amazing. In his first debut, when people were sitting there talking about sit his ass down, no, this uh, man came out to throw and throw his arm out. So Kansas City came out rip red and ready to go on week one. Also, we had the uh, we had the 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 shocking debut of Jacksonville's defense. I was upset because on my fantasy league, I had them sitting on the bench with forty one points. Ooh. No bueno. Steelers put out a win, but. My pick, uh, Le'Veon Bell basically did um, nothing. Did nothing. Yeah, they, they, they did did nothing. Oh, yeah. But it was. It Is was that a ridiculous. waste of time? That was no, no, because I'm looking for him to do something in week two. Oh, gonna, he, he started working at Dairy Queen. It was a it was a good thing. You're banging over there. Stop banging over there. Sorry. So we I'm have uh, yeah, stop the spinning. The Raiders came out looking. Really, really good uh, um, offensive-wise. Marshawn Lynch rumbled and stumbled. He started a slow pace, but graciously started to pick up. And uh, I got to say, thank thank God I picked him up for my fantasy league. And there was a kid that I picked up during the week, Telvecchio, as the kicker. He hit two 50-plus yarders during that game. So, yeah, I'm going to ride out with him, sir. And uh, Eagles came out with a big win against the Washington Redskins last week as well. There was also the... Uh, the, the, the Packers and Seahawks game, which is, was, was, it was a big game. Aaron Rodgers looked very well. He was able to hit his targets. Uh, the Seattle defense didn't look like it was prepared to see Aaron open up the floor against them, uh... but the Seahawks took the L. Cowboys and, and Giants on the Sunday night game. The Giants looked awfully flat on offense, but on defense, I must give them the heads up because those guys were playing tough and ridiculous heat. Hi. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And ridiculous heat in, in uh, Texas Stadium. They they held up well. They the, the defense was on the field for the majority of the first half. Eli looked like he was still trying to figure out what he was going to do without Odell Beckham. And it seems as though that with him being out for game one and possibly game two of the season, they're going to have to find some other outlets. I, I'm looking at they should go with their rookie uh, wide receiver. Oh, excuse me, their rookie tight end. And uh, pay, pr- probably use Brandon Marshall a little bit more. I mean, Jeez, this is what you had him there for. And on the Monday night game, the big game that uh, people were talking about afterwards was the Saints versus the Vikings. Seems as though Adrian Peterson, another guy who's picked up to play on the team, and apparently, yeah, they didn't want to use him. They didn't use him. And when you, when you should have went to the ground and pound, I think they're pretty much uh, afraid of using uh, using him at this point. Don't know what, don't know why. Maybe they're afraid of uh, having him get injured. Maybe he was looking gippy, but it seemed as though that he and uh, – Head coach of the Saints, uh, Sean Payton, did not meet eye to eye. There were some words being spoken that was caught on camera. And although they just passed it off as just saying, hey, just wanted to give uh, some friendly reminders that I wanted to get in the game. Mm-hmm. Didn't look like that. Did not look like that. But with that being said, so last week, the father and daughter tandem went 10 and 5. You got uh, 10 wins, 5 losses. Yep. Made some good picks last week. And uh, Maddie went 10 and 5 as well. Mm. Shh. 
shocking. So we're all I'm tied surprised. up right out the gate. Right out the gate. We're right all tied up. So let's see what we can do for week two. So everybody in the world who's waiting for our picks. Let's get ready. Play the opening music. I don't know. Why I, picked it. It I don't know. Weird. All right. So starting off the Thursday night game, we have the Bengals and the Texans, and you chose the Texans. Texans coming off a tough, tough loss. Uh, hopefully, their defense will get back into tow. Uh, Houston knows over there. Shout out to you guys who are still recovering out there from Harvey. You guys will be going to Cincinnati. The Bengals are also coming off for a loss. You took the Texans. Uh, Maddie and I took the Bengals. Really? I don't know why I took the Bengals. No, no, sorry. You took the Bengals. Excuse me. I took the Texans. Sorry. You took the, uh, uh, the Bengals. No, I was faking it, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, you just changing it. Let me know that I changed it. Okay. You took yeah. the Bengals. And, uh, I give I you a symbol, okay? I, thanks, thanks. I, my head is in a cluster right now having to deal with you being in school and your birthday party and all that stuff. So I took the Texans. Uh, you, you, Maddie, chose the Bengals. Coming Sunday at the 1 o'clock, Bills and Panthers, you chose? The Panthers. We, across the board, we, all three of us chose the Panthers. Uh, hopefully, let's see, let's see, Killer Cam, get out there. Uh, Buccaneers and Bears, you chose? I chose the Buccaneers. And let me just say, if you guys are Bears fans or Bengals, I would like to say, and I will keep on doing it if someone came in, who are fans every week? But um, technically, they're not a fan of us, and we're not a fan of them. I don't know what you're saying. I guess you're trying to say because they suck. Okay. Yeah. Hey. All right. Not like that. We all across the board took the Buccaneers. The Bears took a tough loss last year. The Buc- last week in the Buccaneers. Well, Buccaneers didn't play due to a displacement. They have to play 16 games in a row this year. Now that sucks. Vikings versus Steelers, you chose? I chose the Steelers. Maddie chose the Steelers as well, and I went with the Vikings. I thought the Vikings looked very strong on Monday night last week, and I think they could do it again. It's going to be a close game between them and the Steelers. Cardinals and Colts at the 1 o'clock game, you chose? The Cardinals. I took the Cardinals straight across the board as well. The Colts are going to still be over there struggling. Not sure if uh, luck will be ready. I don't think so, and I think that's going to hurt them more than anything else. We have the... Patriots and Saints going at it at 1 o'clock, and you chose? I chose Patriots. We all did as well. I think this is going to be their bounce-back game. The Saints are still trying to work the kinks out of what they have going on over there, and I think the Patriots are going to start finding more open receivers going down. Hopefully they use more of uh, James White over there because I picked them up for my fantasy football. We got the Browns and the Ravens, and you chose? I chose the Ravens. We all did because we already know. I'm mistaken. Erase... The Bengals, I mean Bears and Browns. Yeah, it's supposed to be the Bears and Browns. Yes. Uh, at the another one o'clock, we had the Eagles and the Chiefs. You chose. I chose the Eagles. Eagles was a good pick uh, last week. They had a strong, strong game, and uh, their tight end Ertzen as well as Al Gore looked very, very well. Uh, Carson Wentz was showing off his his rumbling and tumbling skills, and also showing that he could still sling that. That pick skin out there. The Chiefs as well. Like I told you, Alex Smith looked dangerous out there this week, uh, last week. But Maddie and I chose the Chiefs for this week. Uh, Titans versus Jaguars, you chose. I chose the Titans. Maddie chose the Titans as well. I chose the Jaguars. I really wanted to choose the Titans this week. 
but I chose the Jaguars because I believe their defense are going to hold the, the Titans up for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Jets and Raiders, you chose. I chose the Raiders. Maddie and I chose the Raiders as well because, well, basically the Jets are going to be terrible this year. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Warning. Sure. Dolphins and Chargers, you chose. I chose the Chargers. I wanted them to try their best. I chose the Chargers as well. Just so did Maddie. I think this will be another bounce back game for them, especially at home. Cowboys and Broncos, you chose. I chose the Broncos. Maddie and I chose the Cowboys. I I want I want the Broncos to hold up and play good D at home, which it can curb. But for some reason, I think the Cowboys are going to be uh, pulling this one out with a close game. 49ers and Seahawks, you chose. I chose the Seahawks. Chose the Seahawks as well. And so did Maddie, both at home. at the. Uh, this will be at the, the Seahawks' home for the 425 Eastern Standard Time. And by the way, 49ers are going to be looking crappy as well. Ooh. Redskins and Rams, you chose. I chose the Rams. I chose the Rams as well. And Maddie went on the flip side and took the Raiders. I think the Ooh. Rams are going to start coming into form and might be a uh, challenge for the Seahawks out there. Packers and uh, Falcons, you chose. I chose the Falcons. This is the eight thirty Sunday night game, and um, I got I got to go with the Falcons on this one. Got to I think Maddie Ryan's gonna show up, Mr. Ice, uh, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman. They're gonna show off this game. I don't think the Packers gonna hold off. Uh, I don't think the defense gonna hold up this game around. And for the Monday night, it's the Giants and Lions, and you chose. I chose the Lions. Maddie and I chose the Giants. Um, if the Giants came out, if they come out like they did Sunday night, then yes, they will lose this one hard, terribly against the Lions. And that was our picks. Yep. All right. So would you cut that off? All right. So that wraps up this week's NFL weekend review and preview. Um, Anything nice to say to the people out there, Celeste? Well, um that's all everybody all right everybody yeah. say good night yeah forget about <laughs> super producer Sally's in the building when we come back we're gonna have talking sports and shh yeah. you gotta go wash up yes all righty girl uh guys like i said when we come back talking sports and shh don't go anywhere uh, stick around say bye Sally. bye this is tna superstar ec3 and you are listening to trss man we talking sports and shit Gonna open up this week's talk of sports and shit with a, a gentleman that I I don't highly agree with most of the time. Well, not I'm saying most of the time. I say some of the time. Sometimes, sometimes I don't agree. He just comes off abrasive in other instances. Stephen A. Smith, uh, he made a a comment this week about the situation with JJ JJ Watt and the comparisons with Kaepernick. Give me a second. This is a uh, courtesy of ESPN. Give me one sec. Could a black quarterback that was as bad as Scott Tozine even be on an NFL practice squad? A practice squad. That's how bad Scott Tozine was. I mean, this is this is one. I I could not believe how awful he looked. And so when you look at it from that perspective, I'm saying to you, from a talent perspective, Scott Tozine and how bad that looked, I look at it from the standpoint that eventually something's going to have to give with Colin Kaepernick. There is no denying that. Something should have to give with him because there is no denying that. But but, But the NFL is helping my case here because when I look at 
the, you know, the talent pool of some individuals who have jobs in the National Football League as backup quarterbacks and beyond. It is an absolute disgrace. He's going to get a job. He's going to have to. He's going to have to. At first, when this issue came out, do you think he's being blackballed by the league? Right. That's what everyone was asking. I said, oh. Pump your brakes, everybody. Slow your roll. We don't know yet. I believe Kaepernick is looking for a starter's job with starting money, right, considering the money he left on the table. Yep. Maybe he's a bubble-type starter at this point. Let's see how it all shakes out. Okay. At this point, the evidence is in. I didn't rush to judgment, but at this point, the evidence is in. Not only does he not have a job as a starter, <laughs> he doesn't have a job, period. Yeah. And he is better than several starters. Clearly, inarguably, no one would debate it. So it's of course he's of course this is an this is an organized uh, uh, essentially uh, 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 stonewalling of Colin Kaepernick. What I basically did is I put uh, like three three or four points I had in my notes to to to, to discuss the whole Kaepernick thing, and I could do a segment every week about the the, the Colin Kaepernick thing. I can because it's just ridiculous of what it is, but I try not to because it's just like the elephant in the room. That's what it is. It's just the elephant in the room. Everybody know everybody knows what it is, but we talk about it. But what's really done about it? I mean, let's be honest. It, it, it's it, it's ridiculous. And like I always said in every episode, he's not begging for a job. He's not sitting there petitioning and fighting to get a job. He's not. This this is just rhetoric and 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 media coverage just to I don't know whether to be filler or. If there is a a a means behind it, but let's 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 keep in mind exactly what it said. Stephen A. Said, Stephen A. Made a point about it. Let's let's look at the rosters. I posted on a Facebook page on the regular season sportscast uh, uh, group page a comment made by Kid Rock where he states that basically uh, Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job because he sucks. First of all, when the fuck do you know about football or anything else? You're from Detroit. Anybody besides Barry Sanders and Megatron and Matt Stafford, tell me who the fuck you know is a, a, has been a Detroit Lion. I'll wait. I'll wait. So, um, dickhead. He says that he sucks. We're talking about a kid who made it to the Super Bowl, was mere time and yards away from winning it. Following year, made it to the NFC Championship. After Harbaugh left to Michigan, the system fell out from under him and he couldn't, there was nothing he can do. He had a coach that didn't fit with what he was with. So everybody will say, Oh, adjust. Oh, ju oh, he could adjust. Okay. You're a construction worker and your boss tells you, you're going to do rivets. You're the best rivet person that I know. Do rivets, do rivets, do rivets. And you've been busting rivets out for the longest. You could knock out rivets. Uh, putting up, uh, putting up rivets for you know the, the average man will do it in three hours. You do it in one and a half. You knock out rivets like a motherfucker. You, you you're fucking po you're getting them into the pose. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're reliable for that. Then all of a sudden, a new boss comes in. He gets, uh, he leaves. He was unhappy, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we want you to um do plumbing. Oh, let let's not be extreme. Sorry, because that'll be a different profession. Okay, uh, we want you just to do baseboarding. Or, or, or skeletal work and you're like i know something of it but i don't really do it oh oh we just need you to do this and then we'll give you a, a you know a certain time to 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 do it to get it done so you and it's like but i don't really do that okay now some players under 
certain pressures or defend, depending on their talents, they're able to do that. Granted, no problem. That's understandable. But there's some that it's like, listen, if it, if it works, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. But you bring in a coach that wanted him to do different. Okay. Fine. Understandable. Didn't work out. You brought in a new, a new quarterback, brought in another quarterback. They sucked. He comes in from second string and he kills for y'all. In 11 games, he throws 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, and it's probably ranked 16 to 17 in the league with elite quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks, and he's a second-string quarterback. So once that's brought to the table, he asks San Francisco, listen, I want starter money. This is He asks for starter money. And mind you, I'm only bringing this up because I had a discussion, and this is what I do on my late nights when – uh. When I'm doing, when I'm at my job, and you know, I have downtime, and I'm on break or whatever, and and I post stuff, and somebody wants to uh, uh, comment and make so like, oh, he does suck. And it's like, okay, let's compare and what. Let, let's talk about how bad he sucks. So he had a year or two where he had a hiccup because of uh, a changing of systems. And like I said, if you worked at a job and all of a sudden they told you, oh, we don't do this anymore. We want you to do this, and you're not used to that. Because you were doing very well at what you were doing. They changed. It's like, oh, okay. Now you want me to do this? All right, fine. Finally, you succeed and you broke through. And you go, okay. Um, I want starter money. Because I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the market and everybody else didn't do half of what I'm doing. And they're getting starter money. And I'm, and I'm not going to get shit. And they're telling you no. Well, of course, behind the curtain, we all know. We already, oh, behind, not even behind the curtain. Forefront, we know what it is. Because... Oh, this whole national anthem shit, which, by the way, Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch already said, I've been sitting out for the longest. And we've seen a lot of players. I've been sitting out for the longest. He's just been the fucking scapegoat for it. So in any case, now he's out of the game. So in, in this discussion, I this individual posts his stats. And I said, what I just told you guys now, you're talking about a system that he had to work back into. It took him a year and a half to get back into it. And he actually succeeded. He didn't win wasn't his fault defenses didn't hold up for him he busted his ass tried his damnedest he had ill receivers he didn't have a running game but he did what he could and he still put up numbers so what happens he asks for more money the individual i'm having a conversation with says oh he should have taken his money and worked for a starting job okay so what you're telling me is if the roles were reversed if it was in your shoes you you're you're mad because he didn't go for his money to go get his money. You're mad because he, 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 let me, let's say it like this. You work at a job. You've been there for a couple of years and you know, you're worth more than your job and you're going for a raise. God forbid you're going for a raise. And they tell you, no, you're not worth that. And you go, what are you talking about? I've been producing this much. I I think I deserve a raise. No, no, no. We, we can't give you that right now. But it's like, but I see, such and such from um, IBM is getting this or such and such from uh, Dell is getting this and me being an Apple and I do the same thing. Oh, not even I do more than they do and I'm getting half of their money. Why can't I get their money? No, 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 no. You know, and all because one day you went into the wrong bathroom and you peed in somebody else's fucking toilet store and you left a fucking rim, a uh, 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 fucking uh, mess and you didn't clean up. But still, I can't get my money. So now I got to challenge somebody else to get my money, knowing that it's, I, I know I'm full world deserving. So you tell me Brock Osweiler, uh, Savage, or even the rookies that are coming in. 
I have to compete with these dudes. This is the excuses that we're using. All right. I, I don't want to go into tangent because I've been talking about this for too long, but no, uh, no all, all honesty, let's be for real. Let's go to spade to spade. We know what it is. And I don't, I don't need to hear anybody give any blanket statements of, uh, oh, he sucks. No, because I'll give you a list. I've, I've, I've put up a list on the page. Nine of the NFL teams that are up there, I believe he can start for it. Uh, maybe two or three, maybe not because of the, 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 the location of said teams, because, you know, they're red states or whatever the fuck they, they're fucking, you know, they, they won't tolerate that shit. But the other ones, he'll start for. And the rest of them, most of them, he could definitely have backup position for. Until this day, I said, somebody's going to go down and they're going to come to him and he's going to say 20 million and give an additional 10 million to my favorite charity. That's it. Believer in this. If you respect or you and you appreciate someone's cause, you will appreciate and respect the person that represents that cause. But if you don't, if you don't think the call is worthy, you definitely will disagree and not think the person that's supporting that call is worthy. Hence, you get J.J. Watt mm-hmm. and you get Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Now, no one has ever told J.J. Watt he did a, gave a $100,000 of his money. He's already up to $20 million. Nobody said, J.J., stick to your day job, stick to sports, because everybody thinks what he's doing is commendable, and it is. Nobody said J.J. Watt had a selfish agenda. Not one person. But Colin Kaepernick took a million out of his own pocket. Nobody said no, you know, got no 20 million in donations, but it just goes to show you, Skip. I don't see now, Skip. I thought I, and you and I have talked about this, not only in the air, but in private, that if somebody were to get injured, an injury happens, they're going to sign Colin. I'm beginning to seriously doubt that. My meter is starting to go. It's a hundred over here. Mm-hmm. And I was at 50. I was at like 85, 90. I'm almost at always a hundred percent, Skip. That is not going to happen because I see Buffalo. They signed Joe Webb. Joe Webb is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. Mm. The Indianapolis Colts signed Jacoby Brissett. They traded for him. Traded for him. But he's a better quarterback. That's when I knew. Because I thought that was another last stop for Colin. Nope. Mm -mm. Jacoby Brissett. Starting Scott Tolzien in place of Andrew Luck. Go ahead. Skip, it's just hard for me to believe in that they'll find every excuse why Colin. Oh, he had a championship caliber team. See, they, oh, look at his defense. Skip, Peyton Manning was not the quarterback that we knew and loved. He didn't have as good a Super Bowl as Colin Kaepernick did in a loss. Then Peyton won. Mm-hmm. But no one says, oh, that defense drug Peyton Manning home. But when you like someone, you respect what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They don't respect Colin Kaepernick. They deem his calls unworthy. You know why, Skip? A flood. See, Jerry Jones and Mr. Kraft of these wealthy billionaires say, you know what? That's an act of God. That could have happened to me. A hurricane, a flood, a wildfire. That could literally happen to me. What is the likelihood that Mr. Kraft or any billionaire is ever going to be brutalized by the police? See, Skip, you can empathize mm-hmm. with that because you know there's a probability that a flood, a wildfire, hurricane can affect you just like it did the people of Houston. But see, when blacks, they said, okay, what led to the encounter? Why would you have an encounter? Why would you have to encounter the police if you weren't doing anything wrong? They automatically assume you've done something wrong for the police to encounter you. One is an act of God. The other is your own, the other is your own fault. Skip, it's hard for me to say. I have no reason to doubt Ray Lewis was not behind the scenes because I know he has the owner Steve Bashotti's ear. I know that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to speculate because I haven't talked to him mm-hmm. and I wish I had a, should have called him and got, you know, 
the intricacies of what was going on. But Skip, it's just hard for me to believe that this is the only reason that you're not signing Colin Kaepernick because of it. As Josie Boy would say, Shannon Sharp for president. The MLB is looking crazy right now. I swear, it's looking bananas. Yo, I'm telling you, you got the Dodgers losing like 21 out of 20 games. You got Cleveland that is right now looking at 21 games in a row winning. The hell is going on in the MLB? I'm telling you, when I saw the Dodgers losing that the way that they were losing, I said, okay, maybe arresting their players, getting ready for the playoffs. Maybe it's not what we, you know, not to not to shake anything up or whatever, but they got to a point where it was like, this shit is real suspect. This is scary. It's like if Pennywise came up and scared the shit out of these motherfuckers and said, you better not hit anything or else I'm going to kill your kids. It's like, it's weird. It's like, what the fuck happened over here? And then I love the dog fight that's happening in the LL East. No, excuse me. The ALE. Oh, LL? What the fuck? Oh, Cool J? What the fuck is wrong with me? In the ALE, so you have... Um, you have the Yankees in Boston just just still going at it. And every time I'm looking, it's like, yo, the Yankees are winning. The Yankees are winning. And I was like, they still haven't taken the first place shit? Damn, what the fuck? Uh, the Nationals is wrapped up. Uh, the the NL and the NL East. And there's still the Cubs who's who's trying to defend for, for, for their. It's, let me tell you, Major League Baseball coming towards the end of the season is going to be so lit. Minnesota's playing well. I mean, you you got a lot going on over there. They hit a whole, Minnesota hit a home run each inning, like for the first seven innings. Like, who, you only do that shit at MLB the show. Like, for real, that shit is crazy. You guys get up on it. And the baseball is, is getting so lit right now. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, Linebacker Brian Cushions for the Houston uh, Texan has been banged again for his second violation of PEDs, and he's got a ten-game banishment. Oh, I, 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 I don't know what to say. That, that, I, that was a mistake. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, I can get away with this. Whew, I hope I, I hope none of y'all have them in the fantasy league. Yikers! Warriors, come out to play. Daryl Shorey comes out and he says, uh, athletes should not be involved in politics. Uh, stay to playing sports. I love when guys say stuff like this until shit happens to them. Yeah, how many people were out there backing your ass up when you had your fucking coke habit? Oh, that, that it, it, it's, it's not, it's not the same. It doesn't correlate. No, nobody should sit there and fucking back you up because cocaine is not part of sports, but it was backing your ass up. Leave a man. The man has a problem. Leave him alone. By the way, I wish that he would say some shit like that when um, Muhammad Ali was was, was alive. Because let's be honest, your ass wouldn't be fucking playing the sports or being doing it, being able to do the shit you were doing if it wasn't Muhammad Ali fucking doing what he did beforehand. Are you fuck? Are you fucking serious, Daryl? Sit your ass down. You can't handle the truth. So it seems as though Janelle Hill got into trouble by uh, basically saying that Donald Trump is a white supremacist. All right. I'm going to have to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to flip side on this. And I'm just going to, just like I would say about Jason Whitlock, I'll say it's a her the same thing. Just shut up. Especially when you're dealing with the Disney channel. Just, you can't, you can't, listen, you got to play nice. You want to get that check? Play nice. If you don't care about the check, no problem. 
I feel you. But don't be burning no fucking bridges. Do that shit on your own podcast. Say it on somebody else's show. And even that is like weird because they'll be like, oh, you represent ESPN when you say something like that. But it's like you gotta you, when you say a open statement like that, you know you're gonna get some fucking help for it. Oh, by the way, Al Shafter says, Oh, if you fire if you fire her, if you fire Janelle Hill for that, then we're gonna protest ESPN. Ain't nobody listening to that shit. Ain't nobody gonna protest none of that shit you saying. They ain't paying no fucking never mind to what the fuck that is all about. Cut it out. You should have been there earlier. Where the hell are you at with the Colin Kaepernick fucking situation? Where you at? Cut that out. I feel the need. The need for speed. My man, Stephon Mulberry, wants to make a return back into the NBA at 40. Somebody go sign him. Somebody will. Listen, somebody going to need, first of all, you're going to need some type of fucking um, uh, 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 of point guard that has some type of recognition. He still could ball. China is killing it, and everybody's like, oh, that's China. China's different. Well, who cares? It's a draw. Make money. NBA is now doing the whole fucking logo shit. Can you imagine a Steph Mulberry fucking jersey, wherever the fuck he's at, a Milwaukee or Dallas or even fucking Phoenix? Come on. That shit is a draw right there. Somebody going to sign him. If you don't sign him, you're stupid. That's it. Point blank. If you don't sign him for a fucking contract, even a year contract, you're a dumbass. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. All right. As much as you love or hate this dude, LeVar Ball is... <sighs> yeah, you love or hate this dude. That's what I, you, I can't say nothing anymore about him. I just recently saw that he, he posted on... There was a post on Instagram in which he bought uh, um, one of his landscapers... Not a landscaper, a carpenter for his residence, a new truck, which is a humongous thing, man. That, that That's a beautiful thing. That you can do, man. That's just great. I don't even if it's like whatever you do for the media, whatever the case may be, it's still a great thing. He's like, yo, you told me, yo, get rid of that old one. This you, I got you a new run. That that's great. But then you get this, in which I I sit there and I go, you know what? I can understand why he's best for the NBA right now. I I, I can get it. It's annoying as fuck. But I, I can get what, it, what people are saying. So obviously Lonzo's on the Lakers, right? So yes. is this year kind of a warm-up year, and then you're going to get Paul George LeBron, and then you're going to really ball? No, this ain't no warm-up year. We finna ball straight from day one. We, we It's good really? if you got get everyone in LA like, like What, what, you, what do you mean really? by ball, though? Like, I'm talking, you're hey, going to be like, you're going to be a real contender. Everyone in LA is having a party. You guys can't even stand how good he's going to be. This is easy for him. This is 100% in. He don't have to go to school. He get to practice all day. I'm going to tell you, it's going to be an easy, fun season for him. He get to play with the best athletes he's ever played What's your, what's your definition of easy? Well, you talk what about this season going to be successful. Easy? I'm just saying, what you talk, I understand that you believe in your son. Your son can ball. His okay. vision is a re, you know, just an intelligent basketball play. He looks like he's going to be special. Fair enough. What the Lakers going to do this year, man? 50 plus wins. You must be. What? <laughs> what did you just, what did you just say? Wait, have you? He can fit 50 out of 80 games. I'm going to get somebody drug test you. Stay I'm going to get somebody drug test you. You must time. be crazy. But you know what? You must be crazy. I have to be crazy. How did I make him go on the Lakers? Excuse I'm good. Me. Told you so. Listen, listen. I do a lot you of You did things. say that. You did I say that. I did a lot of things. Yeah, so you, you, think, you fixed the ping okay. pong balls, too. You know what? That's what you did. That's what Don't you have did. to fix him. I'm so lucky he was going to come up number two. He's been number two all his life. He lined up for him. Number two all his life. Number two all Who's his been life. been number one? Mellow's number one. You know that. Oh, Lord. Mellow's number one. Jello, Zoe's number two. And Jello's number three. 
That's the numbers. But you see how I, I just don't know what to do with you. you know, I, 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 tell you I was you trying to have do. a reasonable conversation with you, and you start off the show. You start off your appearance on the show. Hey. Talk about the Lakers with, 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 with Ingram and Julius Randle and Larry Ness. I mean, they're nice young players. 50 wins? 50? Really? And you're going to say Five. that with a stress? Oh. And you're going to say that with a stress? Very thing. easy. And you know how I tell my son how to do it? Every 20 games, you got to go 15 and 5 at the, at the least. He went over there at UCLA. How many times did he lose? He's not a loser. He's a winner. I know. That's Only what I'm trying to tell you. And you know what? 15 and 5 trick. I know. I know. I know. Listen, listen. You want to sit up here sticking your chest down and all that stuff. You did lose. You told me that you were going to beat Kentucky. Whatever. You told me. Listen. They just said, look at you, man. Look at you. so crazy. Listen to this. Did you not tell me they were going to beat Kentucky in the NCAAs? Did I not tell you? Did you not text me that night and say you were right, Stephen? Did you not text me and tell me I was right? You had a half night. See, that's how right I am so much that you have to figure out one time when I'm wrong. And then even when I'm wrong, I'm right. Because that don't even mean nothing. You got that line from Terrence Howard in that movie. Who is Terrence Howard? You got that movie. You got See, that that's line. what you're you doing. That, you, you should you be that, doing your homework instead of watching all these movies. You got that line you from be, him. I'm hey, right. I'm even wrong homework. when I'm right because I'm right because I know I'm right and I know I'm wrong. That's what you did. That's what you're talking about right here. But I need to get you on my new reality show. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. You ain't doing that to me. Tell me one thing. Gotta admire a man's passion and dedication, even though he's delusional. What the fuck? You talking to me? The Lakers are going to retire Kobe Bryant's number. Wait, hold on. Is it number or numbers? Seems as though they're going to retire both his numbers, 8 and 24. I pose this question. What number would you retire? I would retire 24. I think there was more accomplishments with the 24, but seems as though that they're going to do both. Uh, someone had posed a question of, is retiring numbers a a ridiculous thing, a ridiculous notion to do? I I kind of I kind of believe that because when you start looking at um the Lakers, you start looking at the Yankees, you start looking at Boston, what numbers are people going to actually end up using? The Yankees already expelled like the first nine, the first ten, so... What can you use anymore? I, I I think at this point right now, it was cool back in the days because it was one of those things to where, you know, nobody was that exceptional. And now you got a point to where everybody has now progressed and become exceptional. So retiring numbers, I think, has become blasé. I think it's, it's something of the past. I don't think that it's I don't think it should be done anymore. Uh, I'm going to pose that question on, on a Facebook page. I think it should be recognized because I think it's a weird thing to do. Breaking, Breaking news. news. Daniel Cormier has uh, got his belt back. Seems as though with the John Jones uh, suspension clause, it's done. It's over. It's finito. So congratulations to him, John Jones. You're an idiot. And that's going to wrap up this episode, guys. Thanks again for being a part of the regular season sportscast. Make sure you check us out on social media. Let's check us out on Facebook on the like and group page, the regular season sportscast. Check us out on Instagram at regular season sports. Check us out on Twitter at RWJ Santi, as well as on YouTube at regular season sportscast. Check us out at rageworks.net is where you could get everything, everything, everything under the sun that's related to pop culture. Get wrestling, movies, TV shows, anything you want, comic books, pop culture. It's all there. Regular season, sports cast, call me when it's over, turnbuckle tabloid, very initial, black is the new black. Why go anywhere else? You can go right to rageworks.net. That's where we go. Why? What's wrong with you guys? All right, guys, I got to get out of here. Um, 
Make sure you check us out. Bookmark us, trsspodcast.com, and as well as cervicaltabloid.com. Bookmark us. You get all the, the episodes that quick and easy. I'm not best for business. I'm best for everybody. I'm the king of talk style. And uh, catch you guys on the rebound uh, squash. The regular season sportscast. <laughs> The regular season sports cast.